Africa. But Asia is the one place, aside from Europe and the Near East, that has a long written record of intellectual speculation and analysis. I mean, like a thousand years or more. The what? We're not just doing Asian philosophy. In the West, and particularly within the last few centuries, the term philosophy has taken on a, a, a rather restricted meaning. It's a critical examination of fundamental questions of existence, values, knowledge, and language based on a systematic, rational argument. So in contemporary universities, um, we sharply distinguish between the disciplines of philosophy from religion, from politics, literature, history, psychology, and science. I mean, each of those has a different academic department. Those distinctions, though, don't really hold up in the pre-modern West, and they are certainly foreign to Asian thought. So we'll be doing a little of all of those. Because this course will cover great minds from, from a number of disciplines, it might be useful to think of what we're doing in terms of the original definition of the Greek word philosophy, philosophia. It's the love of wisdom. Now the who. I will be introducing you to several dozen major figures in Asian intellectual history. And I'll highlight those figures that seem to have the most influence within their own culture. Over and over, you'll hear me say, this is one of the most important thinkers in Asian history. And that will always be true. Okay. Construct a little mental list of your own of famous thinkers from Western intellectual history. You might think of Moses and Aristotle and Jesus and Aquinas and Machiavelli and Shakespeare, Newton, Adam Smith, Marx, Freud, Einstein. Okay. And all of those are pretty familiar to you. We'll be doing something similar in this course, but we'll be talking about Asian figures that you would know pretty well had you grown up in those regions. Now the when. We're going to cover a long time span, beginning with the anonymous writers of the Indian Vedas, about 1200 BC, and then continuing on with foundational figures, such as Buddha and Confucius, around 500 BC. So we'll have eight lectures on the origins of, of Asian intellectual history. And then we'll have 10 lectures on the development of major intellectual traditions in the age of early empires in India and China, and then also Persia and Japan. And then we'll have 10 lectures on great minds of the medieval era. Okay. That term is borrowed from, from Western history. It doesn't exactly work in Asia, but it's convenient. So in this medieval period, we'll see how these cultural traditions mix as ideas move from India to China, and then up to Tibet, and then from China to Korea and Japan. And then we'll end that section with a survey lecture on science and technology in pre-modern Asia. We'll finish the course with seven lectures on the modern era, while I'll introduce thinkers who are instrumental in integrating Western ideas into Asian traditions, as well as Asian scholars who first introduced their own intellectual heritage to Western audiences. And then that will take us in the 20th century, where we'd be talking about people like Mahatma Gandhi and Mao Zedong. So we're gonna bounce back and forth a little across timelines as we track developments in one region before we move to the next. So a little bit in India, and then we'll come to China, we'll backtrack and go again. But I'll help you keep the times and the places straight. As we go through this, you'll, see, you'll be aware of three challenges. Um, the first is what to do about Islam, which begins in the Near East and then spreads through North Africa, but it also reaches into Asia as well. From the perspective of this course, Islam is a Western religion with its emphasis on the one true God who created the world, right? It's monotheistic, actually the same God that's worshiped by Jews and Christians. And this God will someday judge the souls of men and women and then consign them either to paradise or to hell for eternity. 
In fact, Islam is an important part of the Western intellectual tradition, with Muslim thinkers playing major roles in the preservation and the propagation of Greek ideas in philosophers like, like Plato and Aristotle. But it's worth remembering that there are three times as many Muslims living today in Asia as live in the Middle East, I mean, all put together. And in particular, um, Bangladesh and Pakistan, India and, and Indonesia have huge populations of Muslims, especially Indonesia. I will assume that you already know something about Muhammad and the religion he founded, and we'll pick up the story of Islamic thought as it spreads eastward through Persia and then into South Asia. The second challenge that we have will be Asian names and terms. Okay, there's just no way to get around this. And Sanskrit, Chinese, and Japanese are all difficult languages, and they, and they don't sound much like English. I'll try not to pile on too many of these foreign words, and I'll sometimes spell them out.